And now we have to pull up our big girl boys and girls pants and accept the reality of the world as it is. However, that doesn't mean you have to be cool with it. The millennial generation is as follows. Welcome to Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. Well, on this rather gloomy, cold, and rainy day on January the 19th of 2017, welcome to the Surrounded by Idiots radio podcast, where we are all about millennial talk. Uh, This is Dr. Tony Dufresne, your host. And the reason why I brought up the day uh, that I'm recording this, it's because the show today is about primarily the election and the concerns that a lot of people have about where not only where this country is going, but uh, where the world is going in general. And we, there's a lot of overseas listeners that, that I have, and you guys are out there in uh, Great Britain and whatnot. And you got the Brexit thing happening. There's a lot of shit happening in the world. And today I want to come to you as almost as, as your Uncle Gen Xer, as a uh, 51-year-old man. Uh, somebody who's been around the block. I've raised my daughter. Uh, she's um, a millennial herself. She's 25 now. and uh, But I've seen some shit. And I want to come to you as somebody that's seen maybe a little more stuff than you have. And also sort of a history geek. And I understand that a lot of the stuff that's going on now, uh, you know, it, it's gone on before. And I just, I just kind of wanted to throw that out to you. Because a lot of people are freaking out. And I don't blame them. Because, and especially, you know, especially through the rhetoric of the, of the, um, of the election and all the stuff that Trump was saying, I'm not going to go into it because a lot of it's just batshit crazy off the cuff stuff. And like I said, even if you don't live in the States, this actually does affect you. And I actually bring up some points about the world in general in regards to we're going to be okay. So, uh, this is your uncle Gen Xer, Tony, explaining to you why the world isn't ending. So this week, I, I feel it's my responsibility as your relatively aware and more experienced Gen Xer friend, uncle, to help you through a very interesting time in history where you may be feeling a little freaked out, right? So even if you specifically aren't in the midst of a full panic mode uh, about where the world is heading with Trump's election, the Brexit vote, global terrorism, the shirtless Putin's shenanigans... China's inability to admit they're actually more capitalistic than communistic. And let's not forget good old batshit crazy Kim Jong North Korean boy and his massive insecurities being played out on the world stage in the form of threatening to nuke anyone that points out that that emperor has no clothes on. I would like to offer up a little clarity as to why all of this shit doesn't point to a pending apocalyptic sort of scorched earth meltdown. Well, at least not as far as you and I should be concerned. So here's the skinny. Have you ever heard the riddle of if a tree falls in the woods and no one hears it, does it make a sound? Well, that basically, I hope you have because everybody says that, right? Um, It's basically what's describing what's happening right now. So for the record, well, yeah, the tree does make a sound, but it's only to those who can hear it. And way back in the day, before the internet and smartphones and the ability to practically send a message from any part of the world at any time to anybody, there were times when really bad shit was going down. But most of the time, most people didn't hear about it because they didn't have the ability to get the message. With the exceptions of, you know, we had newspapers and we then we had network cable news and CNN and all that stuff. But 
both of those sources are strictly controlled and they filter out stuff they don't want you to hear about and react to. So let's jump back to the big banana here, which even if you're not in the States, like I'd mentioned previously, would be the Trump presidency, which is going to happen tomorrow. Now, I, I'm like I said, that's why the reason why I wanted to make mention of the date today as January the 19th, because the um, inauguration is tomorrow, um, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, so if you're listening on a later date, all the stuff I'm saying still applies. I just wanted to give you a frame of reference as to where I'm coming from right now. Uh, and I really want to stress this point. Just because this one guy is becoming president of the United States, it doesn't mean that he has the ability to fundamentally change the world. Now, don't get me wrong. He has his policies and direction that he wants the country and the world to go. And yes, he's appointing some real interesting people. Is a good way to put it to his administration with some very interesting ideas that let's just say are pretty much polar opposite of our policy and direction under President Obama. And yes, both houses of Congress do have a Republican majority, and you know how that works. You know, with a, with a majority, usually they can get more stuff done. So I can see where you might be a little freaked out that Trump word vomits about deporting millions of people, and he thinks climate change is a hoax, and. And he's a massive misogynist and he's a low functioning narcissist with a classist and, and, and he's a classist windbag that contradicts himself at every turn. Now, even with all that, uh, there's some good news because we we've newsflash. We have all been through this before, like multiple times and through history and we've survived it and we've actually grown from the process. So. Here's a quick look back in our own U.S. history to show you the type of morons we've actually had leading this country. And yeah, there have been a ton of incompetent idiot rulers throughout the world. Uh, and I'm going to touch on that after my presidential rant here. Let's start with James Buchanan. He was the president right before the Civil War, right before Lincoln. Now, Buchanan fought hard for tradition, uh, the tradition of slavery, actually. He supported the Supreme Court's infamous Dred Scott decision, affirming that slaves were property. And he helped trying to spread slavery to the new states, and he even wanted slavery to go to Cuba, which at the time we had a little thing on Cuba. We actually controlled Cuba at that time. So when the South announced its intention to secede and leave the United States, uh, and the states started dropping out of the Union, when America's greatest existential crisis loomed in the balance, Buchanan boldly and decisively did nothing. Uh, basically, he gave the Confederacy time to organize which, as we know, led to the Civil War. That's that guy. Now, how about uh, a little bit about Andrew Johnson? Now, he was the president right after Lincoln. This guy is something else. He was a passionate white supremacist who gleefully did everything within his power to undo Lincoln's legacy, right up to and including pardoning Lincoln's murderers, co-conspirators, all the people that uh, helped John Wilkes Booth. He let Southern politicians enact black codes, which were precursor to like Jim Crow laws. If you've heard of Jim Crow laws, um, basically just, you know, laws against uh, against black people having the same rights as as white people. He vetoed civil rights initiatives and he turned a blind eye to anti-black violence that swept through the South after the Civil War during the Reconstruction period. He was impeached, but he wasn't removed from office and paving the way for another hundred years of institutional racism. I mean, this is this is the guy right after Lincoln. Does that sound familiar to you? 
the, the fact that you've got somebody like Lincoln coming in uh, with a grand plan, with with a global understanding, with an with a with a heightened level of awareness and consciousness to see people as people and equal and wanting things to kind of work out that way. And then you have this immediate lashback with this with this guy that came in afterwards. Do you see any parallels to that? Moving on. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about Tricky Dick, Richard Dixon. Now, any of uh, you can ask any of your hippie grandparents, and I'm sure they'll have something to say about this guy. Now, I remember him, but I was pretty young at the time. Uh, he was uh, president uh, back in the 70s, and I was kind of a kid, and I didn't remember a whole lot, except for the fact that I know that he did some good work with China, opening it up for trade. And uh, But I want to give you the not-so-good parts about this guy. He dragged on the Vietnam War for an extra five years. He tried to strangle civil rights in its cradle. He launched covert ops against college students. And he birthed the idiotic, in retrospect, war on drugs. Uh, basically, he did everything a self-respecting third-world dictator would do, short of setting up a secret police. Oh, wait a minute. He did that, too. Now, this is what he said. If you've ever heard of or had history classes where you see Richard Nixon, he he did these talks with David Frost, who was a um, TV commentator. And uh, it, they're, they're great. It's amazing. You can see this guy in action. It's something else. Uh, he says this, quote, uh, when the president does it, that means it's not illegal. End quote. Does that sound like somebody else that maybe we're dealing with right now? I believe that was almost exactly said by Trump in regards to him saying, I cannot be uh, caught in a conflict of interest, which I believe he just said, I don't believe he just said, I heard him just say it two days ago. So that leads me to President Barack Obama. Yeah, don't get your panties in twist. I'm actually not going to include him with these idiots, but I would like to point this out. And this is a very important point. At the time of his first, which I remember very well, and you may too, because it was, wasn't like it was ancient history. It was back in 2008. But at the time of his first election, there was an entire group of people that blew a nut gasket thinking that we were on the verge of turning into one giant welfare state when this guy got in. They thought that his bleeding heart liberal viewpoint would lead to a redistribution of wealth. Yeah, I'm using air quotes on that. Uh, down to the poor, which which means you take the wealth from everybody and you kind of divide it up to where everybody gets some, uh, which means the poor and the ethnic portions of society. There were a lot of people that were not, that I knew personally, that were not inherently racist, that thought he was going to favor black America. And if you, I, I want to input something here uh, important. They had a uh, Frontline, which is a PBS show, um, news show. It's amazing if you haven't watched it before. I mean, an amazing show. Uh, and they just had a two-part series on um, uh, Divided America. You really, really, if you have any interest in this stuff at all and an understanding of political and process and how fucked up it is, you should watch it. And it ex- explains a lot, actually, in us moving forward, especially with the Black America thing. Um I actually heard some backwoods racist asshole at that time. This is no shit. Make a reference to his presidency being like the planet of the apes. As in, you know, the apes taking over. I mean, it just, yeah, it, it, the shit was pretty bad. And a lot of people thought he would destroy the country. They really, I mean, it was, it was bad. And and the reason I bring that up, because it, it, it mirrors what's going on on the other side now. How the liberals view when Trump comes in and his classless and unintelligent and 
reactionary viewpoints. It's just flip-flopped. It's the same thing, but it's flip-flop. Now, remember a little earlier when I made reference to the world hosting a wide range of nutjob leaders throughout history? Well, if you just ask one of your British friends about Henry VIII or Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain or chat with your French friends about King Louis the Fifteenth and Marie Antoinette or talk about Ivan the Terrible or Napoleon or, yeah, even that Hitler guy. You remember that guy? So the bottom line is the voting system is spoken. And now we have to pull up our big girl boys and girls pants and accept the reality of the world as it is. However, that doesn't mean you have to be cool with it. Accepting doesn't mean rolling over and just saying, okay, whatever, and moving forward and being cool with everything that happens. Now, I always thought, as it appears, history has always witnessed this out, that action on a large scale is usually only enacted. It only happens. When the leverage of shit is so bad for so many people that you basically come down to having no choice but to do something about it. Now, the excuse of, uh, I wouldn't know what to do, or I'm just one person, it wouldn't matter anyway, well, those aren't valid anymore because now there's a large, powerful, vocal group that you can add your voice to that will make it even stronger. Now, if you're not cool with the election... If you're not cool with the Syrian refugee crisis, Bess, if you're not cool with racism or sexism in and around your school or your neighborhood, then get the fuck up, start talking about it, start researching organizations that can join you or that can help you fight and start getting the word out to friends and even Facebook friends about what you want to see changed. You got to start. You got to start. You got to start. You got to do something. You're going to find that you're going to lose some Facebook friends, but why do you have 800 friends in there anyway. I don't, I, I mean, I don't really get that. What's the whole point of that? Take a, I mean, you know, take a look at that. It's some of those people you don't want in there anyway, if they don't share your worldview, right? You will most definitely run into roadblocks when you do this and close minded assholes and doors in your face. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you're going to hit that pillow and you're going to know you're right where you should be. You are living your life and you're making a fucking difference. So go do something. If you're motivated, if you're pissed, go do something. If you're not pissed and you think everything's going to be cool and you voted for Trump and then, you know, then ride it out. I mean, I, I, the, the bottom line is uh, I hope I'm wrong on certain things. I really do. I don't think I am uh, based upon history and whatnot. And, and I, I hate to see us taking a couple steps back to take two and a half steps forward. I'd rather, I'd rather us take one step back to take three steps forward. And I, I think Trump is the, is the former in regards to what's going to happen here. I think we're going to learn more from, from mistakes and uh, terrible decisions than we are from good decisions and having progress from that. But all that being said, I don't know. I could be totally wrong. Uh, this could be a good thing, and uh, maybe it'll move forward. Good thing, hopefully, in a expansive way. There's the difference between a good thing from an expansive point of view, and then a good thing from just creating immediate results. Now, the problem that I see with what Trump wants to do is he wants to take us back to earlier times in the Industrial Revolution when certain jobs were needed. And certain industries were more vibrant than they are now because of how the world works and how things become obsolete. And if he wants to take us back there just to fill the jobs, which I can understand that these people are looking just to pay their bills and to put food on the table for their kids, 
you know, you want your job back. And if your entire life has been about going into the coal mine, then you want your coal mine job back. I get that. It's not that I don't get that. But in doing so, in taking us back two or three steps into that again, we're going to lose a little momentum in regards to how we're expanding into a global economy and into in America, into an innovative economy, innovative to where I think that's our role. Our role is not to make soccer balls anymore. Our role is not to make certain things that can be made in other parts of the world. Our role is to be the thought leaders, which we have been for some time. Um, at, but it's not the entire population that's been thought leaders. There's a, there's a lot of us that are rolling around that have been part of the blue collar workforce. Get up every day and, you know, get your hands dirty. And I can understand that. But nothing remains the same. Change is constant. The only constant is change. And it's a matter of if we do come up against this, which we have, we're coming up against a brand new revolution here. It's the communication information age. It's the internet age, the technological age. Uh, There's a couple of publications, scientific publications that actually call it the fourth industrial revolution, which is robotics and AI stuff, but not getting into all that kind of stuff. I'm just saying we're into a different age and, and this is a tough growing process. It's almost like we're one of those crabs, the, the hermit crabs that have grown too big for the shell, and we need to venture out. And when you venture out of your shell, you are very vulnerable until you can find a new, bigger shell. And I feel as though Trump is basically just us trying to cram our bigger bodies back into the smaller shell, because then we know, you know, you know the, the devil that you know versus the devil that you don't know. And what we do know is that those jobs that did exist had you know they were there and you could make a couple bucks it was still a shitty job and you still got black lung but nonetheless you you know had your job and you could you could put food on the table for your family Uh, i would hope that we could look at things on a broader scale and a larger scale and we could find some solution to helping everybody you know a rising tide raises all the boats where we could help everybody to re-educate and expand a little bit out of to the point where you have a small town in West Virginia that had a coal mine that closed down and 80% of the people that are out of work. Why not set up that town with super high-speed internet, create some level of e-commerce, and retrain the town to be its own little mono-economic uh, internet superpower commerce side or something. I think we have to look at things differently now. And I don't think Trump's the viewpoint and a lot of people's viewpoint, the reasons that they voted for him, I don't think that's the reasons. I think they want to go back to what it was. And I think that's going to keep us from growing how we should. So that last five minutes was right off the cuff. Just commentary. <laughs> I had to say it. I say it to everybody else around here. You might as well hear it too. So I hope uh, I hope this finds you well. I hope the New Year's is going well so far. There's a few things I want to uh, plant into your mind real quick before I leave. Uh, one is um, think about the imposter syndrome. It's, it's a, a buzz term that's coming around and I've heard it quite a bit. I was going to do the show on it today, but I felt this was more important to do right now. Imposter syndrome. Also, we for God's sakes, please stop using adulting. Please stop use stop using the word adulting. Just <laughs> I hate it. I hate it because it's it, it's almost like like it's a 
something to strive for. It's or it's it's a label on you acting like an adult. You're a fucking adult. If you're 18 years old and over, you're an adult. If you choose to act like a 12 year old, then act like a 12 year old. But you're an adult. All right. So just own that and stop thinking that adulting is something that's ooh, it's weird and new and different. It's just because you stop shopping at IKEA, you're a fucking adult. That's ridiculous. So stop doing that. So. Those are my, uh, that's my two cents to, to, to round this thing off. I hope, like I said, I hope things are well. Remember, you can go to javabud.com, J-A-V-A-B-U-D.com. That's where I post everything. And uh, I'm also going to, I got a, like a little freebie giveaway for emails and take a look for that. I'm, I'm working on that stuff. I basically had to go back and re-educate myself on uh, WordPress and all this stuff because I, this is a very new thing for me. And I'm learning as uh, as I go. I'm excited about it, and it's a pain in the ass, and it's really tough. But I've decided to make the commitment to do that, and I'm going through, and I'm learning how to do opt-in pages and lead pages and online marketing, and it's a bitch, man. It's, it's like an onion, too. The more you peel, the more layers it has. But I'm excited about it and a little scared about it at the same time. Feeling good. Uh, also, uh, you can listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. I'm sure you're on one of those anyway, but just to let you know, there's a number of them. If you want to comment, please do. If you have any show suggestions, please send them to me and, uh, we'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll put them together. I'll get somebody on here to put them together, um, in terms of a uh, guest appearance of some sort. So, uh, have a great rest of the week and I'll talk to you next week. 